Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And we've got a really cool guest on. Uh, ooh, we've got guests. Plural. That's plural. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. I have no idea. And I didn't even like that yet. I I'm think, already laughing. I think we're just giddy from doing all of these bedroom sessions. Like it's <laughs> it's just getting ridiculous. You now. know what it is too? Our condo, like we we have we have a really nice condo. The building turns on the heat or or AC. So we don't control that. We can only control the temperature in our unit when they've decided but to turn on. But it's a poor it's a poor design. Our thermostat is in the solarium. Oh yeah. But even still, like the the air is not even on, so they they still have the heat yeah, running. But we have our unit off. But yeah. it's always super weird at this time of year because springtime is the worst for us. Unbelievable. It, the temperature is yeah. starting to get warmer outside, which is wonderful. But we don't have yeah. air on yet, and our place today, like if I'm looking right at now, I'm the dressed like it's summer. It's ridiculous. I'm in a tank top, and most nights we're sleeping in like tank tops and shorts. See, this is the downside. Older condos are fabulous because they're huge. But mm-hmm. um, this is one of the problems. They're also built a lot better, so the insulation is probably a lot better as well. Well, we're in an older condo. Ours, our place is about thirty years old, maybe 25, 30 years old, oh, which no. I guess whatever, is not crazy whatever, old. Nineteen ninety is thirty years ago. Nineties, really? Eh? <laughs> yeah, that feels like yesterday. Yeah, nineteen ninety was thirty years ago. Yeah, I know. Isn't that ridiculous? Anyway, the point is, <laughs> we're, we're sweating. We're old, and we're sweating. <laughs> that's that's what the point of all that was. My balls that's are hot. sticking to the inside of my. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Mark. Okay. Just in case you want to know. I'm going to cut him off now. Hey, everyone, it's Amanda. And we have Melissa and Paul on the phone, another husband and wife duo who were in business together. And I'm using that in past tense because amidst all this COVID-19 craziness, the two of them have decided to permanently close their clinic. And now I know I I think I remember from our last conversation, Melissa, that Paul wasn't actually really working in the clinic. It was more your baby. So yeah. I immediately thought of you when this happened. But ultimately, you're a couple. This was both of your place. And yeah. so it's obviously affecting you both, which it would have even if it was only yours. Yeah, no, for sure. Before we jump into that, though, um, can we introduce Paul for the first time? Because he's never been on the episodes before. And I guess he's gotten a really good introduction to Mark based on everything that just came out. Shit. <laughs> Let's redo that. Let's not. Welcome, welcome. Paul, uh-huh. welcome. Yeah, I mean, you heard most of the story from Melissa, obviously. And, uh, you know, I still have my place over at Bathurst and Bloor working under, like, within a physio clinic. So that place is okay so far. Um, that landlord's willing to work with me. The one we have now, well, you know, I don't know how much uh, they could help us. So, but anyway, uh, I mean, Melissa pretty well introduced us. So your clinic that you're at, the physio clinic, are you renting space from the physio or do you own that clinic? Like, what's the deal there? I, I rent the space from the physio. Right, so it is okay. my own little company, but I I rent the space from him. And, you know, we trade clients. We, we refer clients back and right, forth right, to right. each other. So when you're saying like the landlord there is kind of helping out, when you're saying landlord, you're talking about the, the clinic owner then, right? Not the not the building owner. Yeah, the physiotherapist there, he's great. I mean, you know, I work, I've been working there now right five years five and a half years now and the guy's just a great guy are they still working at that at that clinic a very limited um as my i understand it there's very limited um stuff they could do yeah uh, they can take emergencies people who would 
suffer serious, yeah. as far as I understand, this is what I understand from their college, serious um, permanent injury if they don't get physio. Right. Because a lot of people do come out from motor vehicle or whatever injuries and accidents, and they, they have to get physio. If they don't, they will be permanently uh, maimed or crippled, right? Right, right, right. So, Melissa, when did you guys make the decision to, not to permanently close, but when did you guys close up because you were no longer able to see clients? Mid-March, did you guys make the decision before the college told you to? Did you hold out as long as you could? And we don't judge here, you can say. So we decided to close our clinic on March 16th. I believe that was the day that um, Justin Trudeau gave the announcement, that his very first announcement on COVID-19, telling everybody to please stay home and that, you know, if you're abroad, just to come home. And so we decided to close down. And for two weeks, I think we said we would open again on March 30th. Obviously, it didn't happen. And then the next day, the CMTO told us that we shouldn't do any non-essential massage. And then I think like a week later, they told us no massage at all. At this point, you did like what everybody else was doing somewhere around mid-March. I think everybody was realizing it was time to close up. So you did that. Yeah. And but with your with your closing, though, was that mm-hmm. was that simply because of the the announcement from the CMTO and from the PM, or or, or was there anything else going on in the clinic that you're like, oh fuck, let's just well, close it down? No, yeah, no, we just honestly thought that it was responsible of us as healthcare providers to play our part in in preventing the spread of this, and um, and we have a lot of elderly clients as well as compromised. Uh, clients as well and we said let's just do our part and close down we're not getting any clients anyways so let's just close down for a couple weeks that's why we did it um and also like i'm i you know i'm generally healthy but i do have asthma whenever i get a cold i i usually need a puffer and i have to use it every day till i'm well again if not a nebulizer so i was like yeah i want to stay home for two weeks just to protect myself as well so it was a combination of, of reasons, but then the next day we were it, we sort of realized that we had made the right decision to close down for a couple of weeks. Yeah, and this was back at the time where all of us thought, yeah, two weeks, we'll close down, we'll be back up and Yeah, running. how naive was that? Yeah. Uh, Paul, had your place already decided to close down or were you guys scaling back or were you still working full force when Melissa decided that you guys should close up your place. I noticed the business already dropping off in late February and it was just on a long, slow decline. And then that week, uh, like the 15th, 16th, it already dropped substantially. And so I said, yeah, I think I'm going to have to do the same thing. So I, I shut down the same day that uh, the other clinic did. So two RMTs you know, that's really in interesting, the same place. Because I feel like geographically that might have a lot to do with why your clientele started to drop off early or not early mm-hmm. but at that time because you know out here in the burbs that wasn't mm-hmm. happening that wasn't happening at all i was oh. getting i was getting people actually like begging me when you know when i had decided to stop working i was getting clients messaging me like you know you work alone it's just you i don't like i had clients messaging me on the monday the 16th saying can you see me this week can i come in on thursday do you have any openings thursday friday and then even up until the end of march i was still getting people messaging me, are you seeing anybody? Are you taking any clients? And I thought, 
wow, like you guys obviously don't think this is that big of a deal. So yeah, maybe mm-hmm. it might be a geographic thing. Yeah, especially if yeah. you have like all of those urban workers that are no longer in their offices and stuff, then if that yeah. if that was a big part of your clientele, then you True. know they're not going to be around. Yeah, I had one client call and say, listen, one of my coworkers was confirmed for COVID-19, so I can't come to my appointment because I have to do two weeks self-isolation. And then another guy called and said, yeah, I just got back from the Middle East yesterday. I don't think it's good that I should come in because, of course, I think he came from Iran. I don't know. But at that time, Iran was also experiencing a boom in their cases as well. So we weren't like a hot spot or anything like that. But it was like that. It was kind of, you know, how could we control it with all the people coming in and out of our clinic? It would just be another area that it could spread. Right. So I noticed downtown Toronto also has a relatively higher income bracket. So more people, there's a relatively higher number of people who travel internationally. Right. Yeah. And so the chances of them bringing back something are much higher on a, on a, out of every hundred clients. So many more are going to be people who have traveled from overseas. Yeah, we have clients who travel regularly over to Asia and South America and Middle East for business and work. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So then once both of you were not working, so now you're Mm -hmm. you're both at home. By the way, Mm -hmm. on a personal note, how does it feel to literally be together 24-7 all the time, all the time? (laughs) You know what? Um, And I may start to get emotional, but... Oh, I can't even give you a tissue, Melissa. Through this horrible, you know, situation that we have been in. um, Because, you know, this is obviously a a hurdle that we've had to overcome together. I've just realized how much um, I love my husband and how much we, how strong we are. Because we are overcoming it together, okay? And this has been really hard for us, but we've been a source of strength for each other and yeah, we've had a couple arguments and blowouts, yes. but which but only you makes you normal. And you go out for a walk, and you come home, and you and you're okay again, you know. But um, it's it's been good because it's been just another one of those challenges that you go through together as a marriage and then you feel stronger when you kind of are coming out the other side. Oh, I love that you said that. I'm going to try not to be emotional because I'm drinking wine, which just makes me cry over nothing. (laughs) But um, I love that you said that because the one thing I keep saying to Mark, just like you said, I mean, we we argue. Of course we argue. Like it would be ridiculous to think that anybody in a marriage doesn't argue. all the time. You lose all the time. (laughs) Come on, man. You want to start an argument right now? (laughs) But through this entire thing, even when we're like getting on each other's nerves, like I, I actually even said to him yesterday, I said, go for a ride on your motorcycle. And he goes, why are you trying to get rid of me? And I said, because I can see you need you need space from me right now. Like you just you yeah, need yeah. to step back from me. And I am OK admitting I'm like, I'm driving you crazy. I'm annoying you. So you need to go. You're Although, not annoying me. He it's says my face. Not... It's genetic. Blame my mom. Blame my mother. <laughs> it's genetic. But through this entire thing, even when I can tell that I'm annoying him, although he says I'm not, but that's just because he doesn't like to hurt my feelings, which I guess is sweet. Um, and when, you know, he is annoying me, which I have no problem admitting because I guess I'm not as nice as him. I just keep saying to him, like, we're on the same team. No matter what, we are on the same yeah. team. You know, like this sucks for us collectively, yeah. but we can't 
we can't go to battle with each other. We are on the same team and we have to figure this shit out together. So us, you know, freaking out on each other or being short with each other, it's not helpful. It's just increasing the stress. So I agree with you. I try to remember like we're on the same team. We're both in the same shitty situation together and we've got to figure it out together. So I understand you getting emotional. I've also been baking a lot of homemade bread and cookies. I also think that keeps him around as well. (laughs) You are one of those. I love it. We were joking about that on a few of the episodes. I'm like, why is everybody making fucking bread? What is the, why is everybody making bread? And it's so inexpensive to make a, a massive, delicious loaf of bread. Like, it's so much better than a store-bought. Melissa, you're making me look bad. Mark See? has got no homemade bread. <laughs> this is going to be the new normal. No one is going to be purchasing store bread anymore. Store-bought bread anymore. <laughs> I do have what to What does say... the bread cost to make? Like, less than a dollar, I think, for a whole Oh, bowl. wow. Maybe I do need to get on this bread-making thing. Melissa, you so have to send me, send me instructions. I'll try. I'll, you know what? I'll try yeah, anything. It's really easy. I have yeah. to say no, through this. I can't this... believe I can do it. Well, and that's the thing is once you try something, you realize how like not difficult it is i just can't yeah. believe through this entire lockdown how much my like cooking skills have improved and just being in the kitchen like i'm whipping up these meals in like 30 minutes and i'm like literally like who made this i did what I <laughs> who <know>. did that? <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> what else do i have to do awesome. right no for sure i'm an unemployed massage therapist my hands have to do something you know there's, yeah, a, lo- exactly. there's a whole bunch of therapists that uh, i've i've talked to they're thrilled that they're not working they're they're actually deciding like i don't even think i want to do this anymore like this not being able to work has made me realize i actually don't want to work anymore i'm not as a i'm not with therapist them or at all as a massage therapist oh, like i have okay. a really good friend she's like this is kind of like a, a vacation for me she's like i'm not the mm-hmm. breadwinner at home anyway and uh ah. you know i've got i've got uh the serve money coming in and it's just made me realize like i don't want to go back to work i don't want yeah, to massage. Fair enough. well i guess some yeah. people are getting some positives out of this what about you two like now, you know, I asked you about how it feels spending 24 seven together. And it sounds like you guys are yeah. j- a little bit like us. Um, yeah. But in terms of not working, Melissa's making bread. Paul, what are you doing? Are you losing your mind or are you enjoying the break? <laughs> There's a million different things to do. And right now we've spent the last week and a half just um, winding down the existing the old clinic. Mm-hmm. The amount of work it is, I, I didn't realize just how much it, is, it takes to empty out like just cl- close a place and empty it out it is a lot of work mm-hmm. so uh and then there's like- all sorts of there's all sorts of uh projects at home uh to do um and things at my other place that i that i've been putting off that i can get accomplished now so it's actually not bad and uh you know i'm doing 15 20 thousand steps a day now and uh, yeah i'm feeling great <laughs> there's always something okay. to do right yeah, I love yeah, hearing we've been going people's for long walks every day. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah, like an hour and a half walks. I guess we'll go out at like ten thirty at night when nobody else is around, and we see a lot of critters around the city. We saw a mink last night. A mink? What? Yeah, by Old Mill, we saw a mink running under the bridge. I don't think I would recognize a mink if I saw one. I wouldn't be like, "Hey, that's a mink." I'd be like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a ferret. It's basically a ferret. Ferrets, by the way, scare the crap out of me. For everyone listening, mm. there's random fact about me that you probably didn't need to know but ferrets scare the crap out of me don't know why just they creep me out i don't like them <laughs> it's and like they're such sweet creatures they love to play and they're so much fun well they can play mm-hmm. with you paul i don't want them <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's 
sweaty. Anyway, so you guys are keeping busy because, well, yeah. one, you have to because you're closing up the clinic, mm-hmm. which we're going to get to that. Um, yeah. Melissa's making bread. Paul's getting in yeah. shape. I see a lot of people online are doing the exact opposite and are uh, gaining the quarantine 15. It's okay. Oh, They're yeah. going to have a couple more months <laughs> nice. to work it back off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's me. It's funny because in the beginning, I thought that I would... I actually thought that I was losing weight. Like I thought I was getting in shape because I feel like I never stop moving. Like I'm constantly doing stuff with my kids. I'm taking them outside. I'm doing physical activity with them. I'm doing like online workouts. I mean, not daily, but whenever I can with the kids. And I feel like I've been eating like healthier overall because Mm -hmm. I'm actually eating more. But then I realized it really is about calories. Not that I didn't know that, but this is the perfect time to remind people it really is about calories. When I was working, I had no fucking time to eat three meals a day. So I wasn't, I was eating maybe one to one and a half meals a day. I stepped on the scale the other day. I'm like, oh shit, I'm already up six pounds. It's never too late to P90X this. You'll have time. You'll be able to finish the fucking P90X. So yeah, I'm I'm up six pounds. So I guess the quarantine (laughs) 15 is going to be a real thing for me. I'm not getting 15,000 steps in. I'm just not. You know what? I I heard something. If the only thing you get out of this whole COVID-19 thing is a few extra pounds and consider yourself lucky you know exactly so yeah I will say I'm speaking from a place of privilege like I know that and I'm grateful for that I know there's people that are struggling so much more so as much as I'm like yeah this sucks because of the uncertainty and I'm not sure what's going to happen with my business and I'm not sure how I'm going to make money after that of course there's all of those things I'm not saying those things are not stressful but if you are in a home with your family that you don't hate <laughs> and you know you've yeah. got a nice place to live and you've got food and whatever I'm like I'm I know I'm speaking from a pa- place of privilege so although yeah. I don't consider this so much of a vacation I'm also yeah. not trying to freak out about it because there are people who have it a yeah. lot fucking worse than I oh, do so much more yeah. worse. And so much. I think that's what will keep you going too as well and keep you sort of calm is is also just realizing that hey like What's what at the end of the day? Am I still healthy? You know, do I still have a roof over my head? Do I still have food? And that's where we are right now in society. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's okay. Those, you know, and that's what sort of kept me calm through all of this too. Is I'm like, you know what? We're we're still okay. We're both healthy. We're not on ventilators. We're we're, you know, we have food. We we're good. We're good. So yeah, I agree with you for sure. So let's talk a little bit about the decision to permanently close the clinic. Because again, Mm -hmm. like you said, we all decided to close our doors and we knew it was going to be hard. I didn't remember from our last conversation that you had 17 employees. So I mean, this was not a a small little operation you had going here. Yeah. So walk me through it from start to finish, like how you came up with that decision, why you felt it was the right decision. And and yeah, I just I, I want to get inside the head of somebody who's deciding that's it. I'm I'm closing up. I can't do this. Yeah. So I'll kind of start off and say a few words and then maybe, Paul, you can continue after. Sure. Yeah. Um, so every day since so since the first day we decided to close temporarily, it was a every day was just so uncertain. What's going to happen? How long is this going to be? How, how are we going to pay our rent? You know, and for about I would say a good three weeks. It was just every day was such an uncertainty. And one day we would say, oh, maybe we have, we'll have to close permanently. And the other day it was like, oh, maybe we'll be okay. And then I can't remember exactly when we finally decided, but it took us a good, I would say, two weeks of humming and hawing before we finally said, 
okay, we'll have to close down permanently. And Paul, do you remember exactly what made that decision? You can continue. Um, I think it was just doing the math. And I have, I've always got the math in my head of how long we can last, uh, how much debt we have, all the other factors. You, know, you guys run a business yourself. You know all the factors that go into, into a place. Um, I, I kept on having the math in my head as to how long we could last uh, before we even bankrupt ourselves personally. And then I think it was, what was it, a week and a half ago, or was it a week ago, uh, Ford extended the closure till May the 4th? Yeah. And based on the projections of what the other countries are doing, um, we I didn't see us going back before maybe July. And then we would have to take on more debt in order to stay solvent. The cost of running the place were we were in uh, Bloor West in Toronto, so the the rent and the cost of running the place are very high. I think it was between eight and nine thousand a month, mm-hmm. and uh, that's before anybody walks in the door. That's even before a receptionist walks in the door, right. and so it just wasn't viable. And the, and I know we're going to be very slow. Whoever reopens is going to be probably very slow when you reopen for at least the next six months until there's a vaccine found. People are going to be afraid to come in, and so. The place we had has to run at a fairly busy pace. It has to run, I think we did the math, roughly about 70% um, occupancy um, for us to, to for it to be viable. And I knew that wasn't going to happen for at least until maybe early next year. And so that was it. You know, it was just a, it was a mathematical calculation, really, unfortunately. And uh, we had to decide, basically, we afford to keep this place floating ourselves, and we just we just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they have that loan program, they have the rent assistance, but it's only temporary, and it has to be paid back. We would just assume even more debt than we already have. Yeah. And so we said, yeah, that's just, it's not going to work for us. Yeah, small so. businesses are really getting the shit under the stick. I mean, not that anybody's in a great position, but this $40,000 loan, for one thing, a lot of businesses, $40,000, that's gone in the blink of an eye. I mean, for most businesses. Yeah. And yes. the fact is that it's just more debt. Like when you're already a small business, do you want to take on more debt? I mean, even if they've got, you know, no interest for however it doesn't amount matter. or it whatever. Doesn't matter. It, it, the fact is it's mm-hmm. debt. It, debt is debt is debt. And you just don't need more debt right now. And I understand this is something and it's better than nothing, but it's not actually helping as many people as I think it's no. it, 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 like when Justin Trudeau gets up there and if you and have talks a, if you have a relatively nice. small operation, then fine. But if you have a if you have a if you have a larger operation, you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. It doesn't mm-hmm. you, you you because you have no idea how long this is going to go on for. So you're sitting yeah, back. Exactly. You're sitting back saying, do I keep funneling money into this thing? And then how much longer yeah. do I funnel money into it? And then you then, and you, then you realize pay it all back. But not even that. Then you realize, oh, I've been funneling money into this for three months now. I was hoping yeah. to be back fuck this is going to be longer do i and then and then you're then you're you're met with your own thoughts saying i should have never fucking done this all i did was throw away three months worth of shit because now i got to close up shop anyway and i still didn't go back to work all i did was pay a fucking landlord do you see what i'm saying that was our our thought exactly that we're going to spend more money in the next three months and then still be and you're still uh, in the same position uh, bankrupt and but still owe forty thousand bucks yeah yeah. It would be like buying an old luxury car. They they just they're just a money pits, right? The, the thing was just a money pit. Yeah. Well, and even the so. uh, the rent assistance, like I mean, it's. <sighs> The commercial rent I was assistance? I was begging for the rent relief to come. And then when this happened, and I actually look at the details, I'm thinking there's going to be a ton of landlords who are like, fuck no, I'm not giving up 25% of my monthly income. Exactly. And it gets even, it's, it's, it's not even just like, like, for example, our 
office. We there's no single landlord. No, right? It's it's a real estate investment trust fucking company, cor- publicly traded company that owns the, the, the several properties. Yeah, they're not going to help us at all. Like, no one's looking yeah. to so help. They don't care. Exactly, not. right? No, they're not. No, no. So we're. I know another therapist who's in the same position. Yeah, yeah. We're in in that weird position where we don't want to have to do what you guys are doing right now and move everything out of the office, and you know we're trying to figure out what we can do to you know keep going and hopefully ride this out. But at the same time, well, I think we've it, also it hurts. I think we've also kind of just decided like we are going to ride it out because at this point, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I there's no turning back. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to make sure something works out in the end for us. We're not yeah. in such a bad spot. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't cost us nine thousand dollars a month exactly. to run the place. Exactly. Like you guys yeah. obviously had a much more aggressive um, yeah. monthly. Debt. Yeah, the pay. nature of your business is yeah. is significantly different to, to ours. So, what about position. your your seventeen employees? What was the conversation like with them? Did, like, did they see it coming? Were some of them shocked that this was mm-hmm. taking place? Talk to me about them. I think two of them were surprised. Were they? Uh, I think a couple of them were really surprised. They were like, "Come again? Like, what did you say?" And then the rest were like, "That's really too bad." All of them were very understanding um, and very supportive of our decision to do that. But I mean, it was heartbreaking for us because we really were like this giant, you know, this big family. We all got along really well. And then we had to tell them that they didn't have a job anymore. And it was heartbreaking, but they did understand why. Um, and that was a good reason because I'm sure that, you know, in other situations other than the pandemic, people would be like, well, why am I getting fired? Oh, because the company's trying to make cuts. And it's it's like harder to for them to understand. But many of them did. But I mean, it was heartbreaking. Like we were crying the whole day. (laughs) I can't imagine having to yeah, having to tell 17 people like, hey, you're not gonna have a place to come back and work. Now, were these people all employees? Or did you have subcontractors? Some of them were employees and some of them were contractors, just the way they had decided they want like how much they wanted to work for us. Mm -hmm. So we had I think we had about seven or eight employees and then the rest were contractors. Were you still expecting the contractors to pay rent when you guys closed up? Oh, no, we didn't. They didn't pay us. Oh, it was all on a split. Um, Yeah, yeah, it was all like a scale. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, my biggest thing for them was that they were getting the proper documentation submitted to the government. So like their record of employment and that they're all getting their CERB or their EI, which they have. Um, that That was a bit of a mess to try to get organized, but they all have. So at least that was able to get, you know, they were able to get that money. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was tough. It was tough. And maybe one day we will reopen. Um, it would be like in a di- under a different name and a different location, but we're not there yet. We don't know what's going to happen. I want to know who started the conversation about closing. And I want to know what that sounds like. How does that uh, go? Paul? How does that go? Paul? Yeah. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, it was me. I, I just said, look, um, like a, you know, like I was saying before, I said I, I don't know how long we can hold out. Um, yeah. And again, doing the those math, were literally the words. I don't know how long we can hold out. Yeah. Those were the words. Yeah. Melissa, yeah. did you try to save it, or were you on Paul's side? Like, did you did you think like, ah, uh, you know, maybe there's a way, or were you like, no, you're right, let's let's do this? Um, no, I was on his side because there's nothing that makes me feel more uncomfortable than throwing money into something that we don't like i don't know it's like you make a bet on something and if the odds are in your favor that you might win then you're willing to take the chance but i 
I really don't, I really think social distancing is going to last a long time. And our job is the opposite of social distancing. And, uh, I don't know. It was just a gut feeling. I was like, yeah, I think it's better we shut down. Mm -hmm. So I was with him and then I said, you know, we got to make the decision and we have to be sure that this is what we want to do. And that's why we hummed and hawed it for like a week and a half. And then yeah, we were walking back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was just too much of a risk. When you're going back and forth, are you trying to convince yourself like, yeah, this is going to be okay. We're going to be okay. We can figure this out. Or like, what does the back and forth look like? What does it sound like? Um, the back and forth to me sounds like, oh, well, where can we get the money to pay rent? Or maybe, um, you know, because we pay HST, maybe the government will give us a break for a bit. But then we, when we would go back and think, oh, maybe we should close up. We're like, wait a minute. But if we get, you know, if we push things back, then we're still going to have to owe. And no matter what, we're still losing business. Like we're, we have no income, like zero income. So no matter how this lasts or no matter how much rent we have to pay, we're still losing. Like we still have zero income for those four months. Like that money is completely lost. You know what I mean? Does, I'm trying to explain. No, no, you explain I completely it. understand. You can't really make it. You can't make it up, right? You just can't. yeah, and that's yeah. it. So yeah. you you go into the hole, and that's it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's I trust me. I feel you. Like we were in a position where business was going really well for us, and so yeah. every every week that goes by. You know, it's hard, like Paul said, he always has the math in his head. It's hard for me not to think how much we would have made in that week and we made yeah. nothing and how much we're still paying yeah. out, but we made nothing. Like, yeah, yeah, the numbers are always there. They don't lie. And like you said, that income is always lost. We're, we're making nothing. We have zero income yeah, yeah. other than this CERB, which is a joke. Like, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm grateful that we have something. Otherwise, I don't know how we would all be living right now, but Truthfully, yeah. nobody living in a big metropolitan city like this can live off of that money. No. Yeah, that's no, not possible. Not. No, no. no, definitely not. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, we just had to stop the bleeding, you know? Yeah, those are the words we're using. you got to stop the bleeding. I must say that those weeks that we were humming and hawing, we were more stressed. And then when we made the decision to close the clinic, we just kind of felt this weight lifted off our shoulders, even though we were very sad and still are to a certain degree. There is also a relief as well, because now we know what is going to happen because we have decided. Well, yeah, now you can actually start making plans if you wanted to. When you still had the clinic and still had the responsibility of the clinic, there's too many question marks. Like you said, how long is social distancing going to last? What is our profession even going to look like when we go back? When the doors reopen, are clients going to want to come in? I mean, you had said you think social distancing is going to go on for a long time at at, at least until July. So we've asked almost every massage therapist that's come on an episode since um, the lockdown started. Do you think massage therapy as a profession will bounce back or do you think this is going to be a struggle for us when we're allowed to work again? I think it'll bounce back, but I'm willing to say it's going to take about a year. I mean, you look at the Spanish flu from the beginning to the end, it was two years. Um, I don't know what number of cases or deaths or whatever in comparison to COVID-19 that that was, but um, yeah, but um, I mean, they're, they're talking about more waves as well. So in September, there could be another wave coming through. Does, I really don't know. It's hard to does say. Does any of this make you want to get out of this, this industry altogether? Yes. Yes, it does. I'm Paul is, um, will stay, but um, I'm seriously thinking about leaving. I think, I think and, that's a, um, it's common with a lot of RMTs. Yeah. I mean, I'll be working uh, obviously at something, but um, I don't know if it'll be massage therapy. 
I don't know. Do you have so. a plan B, C, D? Have you thought about things um, or you're not, you're not I've there I've thought yet? about a couple of things. I think um, I've started an application. Um, I've started application to um, to become a police officer because they do these, um, they do these hiring programs and Durham Region's doing one right now in September. They start, they'll, they have an information session where they hire um, only female officers and they like the female officers to be like in their 30s and 40s. They did that in Lindsay because I'm originally from Lindsay. They did that a few years ago with the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police. They did this hiring blitz of women in like their 30s and 40s. And it looks like they're going to be doing one in Durham in September. So you'll be coming out to our neck will... of the woods. Woo! Yeah, yeah. And um, or maybe in Lindsay. I mean, I grew up there and my, my father was a police officer in Lindsay for almost 40 years. So that's an option. And then... Um, but I've also thought about going back to school as well. But I mean, I am 40 years old. So I'm like, do I really want to go back to school again, spend all that money to be like an RPN, like a registered practical nurse? I really don't know, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things going on in my head right now. But, you know, if once we are allowed to practice again, um, I mean, I, I, you know, I'll probably be doing it in some capacity for a little bit. Um, but I, I definitely... And more leaning towards a new career as opposed to staying in the profession, that's for sure. So Paul, Melissa said you will stay. Is Are you feeling very strongly that you want to continue working as RMT after all of this? Yeah, I mean, I really do love my job. I really do enjoy it. And a lot of people, happens to a lot of people, and you, you guys have probably seen this too, your friends and family and colleagues, that some people just, they've had enough and they don't want to do, it, uh, do the job anymore. That can happen with any profession, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. But uh, I still really like my job, so I'm going to continue with it. Um, I don't think things are going to be back to normal, well, you know, normal, normal, until there's a vaccine found. I think that's what's going to happen. We have to wait till a vaccine comes. And so we're probably going to be wearing masks and gloves and, who knows, and disinfecting and sanitizing our, our rooms and our equipment uh, after each client for, you know, at least the next year. That's what I think. I was going to say, I know we're supposed to be disinfecting our headrests and everything after each client but you're paul you're talking about disinfecting it like even one step further right yeah like, being a lot yeah. more thorough and disinfecting all the surfaces that they may have touched you know normally we just disinfect the the headrest right but um the headrest and, and you know we change the sheets obviously and all that stuff but now like we're gonna probably have to go a lot more thorough than we were before that's probably what's gonna happen right yeah for sure there's even been talks of you know rmt's possibly having to up their ppe so maybe possibly treating with gloves on which would be so strange but you know mm -hmm. we do what we have to do um i am it's not super intense, but in the back of my mind, there's always an internal battle because I in no way want to leave this profession. I actually love what I do um, and I don't mm -hmm. want to change. Um, I also have sort of a personal rule that I try not to make decisions when I'm under stress. I try not to make decisions out of fear. So I'm at this point right now yeah. where I'm like, okay, let's, you know, let me just be calm, do what I have to do. Mm -hmm. So on one hand, I want to have ideas floating around, you know, like a plan B, C, D, but I don't want to make any solid decisions. And then I yeah. will read something that's like, you know, not making decisions right now it could be shooting yourself in the foot. And I'm like, well, fuck, like, I <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. But you're right, though. <laughs> you're right. That's Never make a very decisions. Good yeah. I think it's a very good approach because we'll more, make more irrational decisions when we're stressed out. Yeah. So, yeah I think that's a yeah. very good idea. So, yeah, I've been trying to, you know, just make sure that I have alternatives and ideas. But at the same time, I'm trying to keep my my focus on 
I'm going to go back to work and I'm going to be a massage therapist and I'm going to be an educator and this is still what we're going to do. You know, Uh, Melissa, you Mm -hmm. have signed up for con ed courses before. So, you know, like, you know, we are, we are trying to offer some of them if we can virtually or we're thinking about it, you know, like we're, we have other Mm -hmm. ideas, but truth be told, our courses are best done in person. So I just keep thinking we're going to do these in person again. And for the time being, we'll have maybe some backup ideas, but let's see, you know, let's see what happens. So I'm trying not to sit on my butt and not think of anything, but I'm also trying not to make any rash decisions. Well, that's the hardest. Honestly, that's the hardest part for me right now is because I love to Mm -hmm. be like really, really active in -hmm. the work and coming up with different ideas and different programs and doing all these different things and trying to be innovative Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And then because we're just kind of not doing much i have days where i just really really want to go do something i feel like yeah i want to make something happen yeah. and then i got days like today yeah. where fuck i just put on my beach shorts and a hat and i haven't yeah. really gotten <laughs> off the fucking couch you know it's no, it's, it's a really frustrating you. thing and then it's just it's just such a weird go because it's like we're we're all in it the is. same st- I've, I've read this so many different places we're all in the same storm but we're we're all in different boats because everyone's got a different thing sure. going on and i think about like I have a, I have a friend of mine whose father I talked about this on another podcast whose father whose family her mother her mother and father they were on a cruise ship when all of this started to happen mm. and then they had sick people yeah. on the cruise ship and because there were people sick yeah. on the cruise ship no one was allowing them to port anywhere oh yeah, oh, it yeah. Was, now well now yeah. he he was her father was uh, in ICU he's on a oh. ventilator now he was in a coma. he was in a coma oh, no. right. Yeah. It's oh, so no. it, it's it's just all over the map and and it's just oh, just yeah. hearing it's 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 one thing to hear these things right and it's another thing for it to be yeah. sort of close to home and then you're like oh yeah. it really just I don't know it's just a really mind fuck and I I it, it just it and, is and I got these waves of ideas and thoughts and um, emotions and everything that roll on differently throughout the days it's just really really strange oh, but yeah, the longer sure. this is going on I don't know I I'm I'm actually getting comfortable with this idea of doing nothing which is is kind of scaring me a little bit. I'm not going to lie <laughs> yeah, because I'm because, a very fucking creative yeah, no. in your face, do stuff yeah. kind of guy. Yeah, no, I definitely am always just sort of in a struggle with, you know, should I do something? Should I not do something? And then I also find myself getting pulled into playing Tetris on my iPhone and, you know, you know, just you know, when I, Mark's you know, playing some gardening game, do? like almost every time I look at him yeah. when he's doing nothing, he's gardening on um, his phone. Oh no. <laughs> I've never seen him garden oh, in real life, but he's the, gardening on his phone. <laughs> is that the zombie one? The I, I have zombie? no idea. It just came up on uh, my phone, like it came up as a sponsored uh, ad on Facebook. I'm like, you know what? Click. You know what? Download. Well, <laughs> you know what? Play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every time I look at him, he's virtual gardening. You know what? It's funny. Like as Mark was just saying, he's going through all these emotions and all these things, which I think is completely normal. Um, something I've tried to start doing in the last, like, I don't know, week, let's say time is imaginary. So it could have been three days, who really knows. But yeah. <laughs> I've tried to really every day, just really actually take a second to feel how I'm feeling that day. Am I feeling like being because pro- yeah. sometimes being productive and doing a lot of things that helps me. So for me, I, yeah. I've talked about on episodes before that I've dealt with a lot of anxiety in my life. Oh, come on. I've dealt with a lot of anxiety. So, and one thing that's always helped my anxiety is being organized. And I, I, 
I can't handle chaos. Um, I like things mm-hmm. clean. I like things organized. So on days where I'm feeling particularly like out of control and I need to control something, um, mm-hmm. those are the days where I might decide to take on a new organizational task at home or I might decide yeah. to clean some things. And then there are days where I get up and I'm like, you know, I'm feeling really tired. I don't feel like, okay, then those days, me and the kids, we spend the whole day in our pajamas and we might bake some cupcakes or, you know, hang out and watch yeah. Frozen all day, like whatever. But I really try to think about like, how am I feeling today? And try not to force Mm -hmm. anything. It's not even this. Sometimes I feel bad about feeling good. Mm Because I know there's yeah. so many people that are in way shittier positions than I'm, yeah. I am. And then I feel horrible that I'm not in a shitty, shitty, shitty position and I'm mm-hmm. I'm okay and I'm surviving and other people, their life has just fucking gone down the and toilet. And those are the days that maybe what you need to do, maybe your task for that day is to check on people or reach out to people. I've also tried to make that a practice of like reaching out to people that I know have mental health issues or, you know, my friends who are single parents or whatever, like somebody who I know might be Mm -hmm. struggling a little more than I am. Or, you know, I'll call Mm -hmm. Mark's mother. Hey, do you need anything? Do you want me to go Mm -hmm. buy you some eggs? Like just something to feel like Mm -hmm. maybe I can help somebody else. Because as I said before, I I do recognize that I'm speaking from a place of privilege. Like we're not in a position where, you know, we're not struggling so much that we can't provide food for our kids. And, you know, we're but it's still okay to recognize that it's hard because everybody has their struggles and you know it's there's nothing wrong with being like you know what i usually am doing this and this and this and this and that's how it's how i cope with my anxiety but i can't do that right now because i'm supposed to stay home you know it's okay to be like you know this is kind of hard for me you're allowed to feel your feelings i think that is the most important thing right now is everybody just exactly if you need to take a day and do nothing i say this to mark every day where he'll say to me I feel like I should do something today, but I don't feel like doing anything. I'm like, then don't do anything. There's nothing then that has do to be yeah. done today. We've got all the fucking time no. in the world. You might get inspired yeah, exactly. at three in the morning and want to do something. Go ahead. Time yeah. is imaginary. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Exactly. Let's just fucking survive right yeah, now. Then, like Keep said, everybody safe then I hear, and happy. Then I hear so much shit about people's, just everything just gone. Like I, I, I listen to a lot of talk radio. So today I went out to, uh, yeah. I went out to go get Amanda wine because that's that seems to be the thing to do. <laughs> oh, you're such a good. Yeah. You came home with eight liters. And like, <laughs> yeah, it was it was, it was a good call. And like this morning, I was up at like six o'clock. I went through my whole closet. I tried on everything, and I decided I'm going to get rid of all this stuff. So I went and you know, put my clothes in one of those donation. He donated bins. three garbage bags full of clothes. But in the time that I'm wow. out driving around, I'm listening to Talk 1010, and they're having a whole bunch of call-ins with all of these people that own restaurants. Yeah, all of these smaller restaurant owners, and even larger, large restaurants as well—not not chains or anything—but and they're dying because yeah, they're this dying. is that's a business where you know what there is so much money on the table, and 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 yeah. the other part of it is well. Okay, they can't get breaks on their rent, which is massive compared to what you know y- you and I are doing, and you're even higher than I am, yeah. right? Yeah, and then yeah. there's no guarantee, like we said before, when things come back. So you're just funneling money into this thing. And on top of that, when yeah. they come back, that is one industry that is really going to be fucked. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you have a, you have, mm-hmm. you now potentially have to change your seating capacity and you can only service X amount of people compared to what you did before, but that's not going to change your fucking yeah. overhead. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, no, for sure. So I heard some, some people talking on the radio. It's like this industry, this hospitality industry needs a government bailout. You 
You know, it's one thing if you're going to bail out the automotive industry government and the automotive industry shot themselves in the foot. This restaurant business, this hospitality industry, they weren't even doing anything wrong. It's not like they drove themselves out of this business. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think Paul is more of an economist than I am for sure. But I mean, Paul, you can chime in, but he believes that we'll have a recession after this. And I'm kind of in agreement. What do you you think? We already already have a recession. There's no doubt about that. The question is, how bad is it going to be and how long is it going to last? Yeah. You know, you've got, we've got unemployment probably approaching 20% right now in this country and in the States and many parts of the world. That's the unemployment rate we had in the Great Depression. So we don't know how long it's going to last again, but like, like you said, the, the restaurant industry, they are totally, yeah. like they are just, yeah. yeah. Like I heard this guy who, no pun yeah, this guy, <laughs> yeah. he was, he, he called in and he owns, I think like four or five restaurants and he was predicting like 70% of that industry is not going to reopen. Yeah. There's a place not far um, from our, our former clinic. And the guy's paying, I think the the rent alone is thirty two thousand a month. Exactly. No, it's insane. It's really high. He's he's closed. Right, thirty-two grand a month. I mean, how do you how do yeah, you do how? that? You just don't. Exactly. Right? How how do you do that? Yeah. It's yeah, it's that, devastating to think of that. No, the dark horse. Oh, oh right. Yeah. I, I I'm not a West End person, but I actually know these places. And it's super sad. Like when I read articles about restaurants that are staples in the city that have been around forever, and then boom, gone. Yeah. Yeah, like Vesuvio. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's been in there since the '64, I think. Yeah. It's. Apparently, there's massive lineups around the block when they call, you know, on their last day. Yeah, I saw and that on the news. I thought to myself, why are they closing? Because we went to get pizza, like when all of this started, and they were go 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 for takeout. But I guess when you ha- takeout is nothing compared to when exactly. people come in and they have appetizers and then they have a few drinks, and yeah. they're probably losing at least half of their business, even though their takeout is so so busy because they usually probably had that much takeout and the seated business as well right yeah, exactly so. yeah i have a really close friend she lives uh her and her husband live here in scarborough now but he's originally from the west end and um mm-hmm. they went on the last day uh because for him it was just mm-hmm. nostalgic like he's been you know he had been getting pizza there from when he was like a little kid so that was really yeah, oh, so really good, heartbreaking yeah. to see i mean mm-hmm. and it's going to be a lot of small businesses not just uh restaurants but like mark said the hospitality industry is really really, really suffering right now. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I understand why you would feel that way, Mark, like feel like, you know, kicking your feet up is a bad thing. But I, I, I can't. I feel like we we have enough guilt in our life, like just normally, mm-hmm. like COVID-19 aside, there's just so much guilt surrounding everything that I think that right now, the last thing we need yeah. to pile on top of the mountain of emotions that we have and all of the stress and everything else that's going on is feeling guilty about mm-hmm. not being in a shitty position. Like, yeah, it sucks that yeah. other people are and I feel for them. And, you know, it, it's nice that there are people who are, you know, uh, starting GoFundMe pages and, you know, trying to provide food and whatever to people who are less fortunate, but to sit at home and feel guilty that you are not in a really bad position. I just, I don't know. I don't think your mental health needs that either. It comes in every once in a while. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I do have a soul. Oh, look. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I get it. It's this feeling of helplessness too. Like I should be doing something, but I don't know what to do. Like, yeah, I know that, um, we got emails because we signed up for this health force thing for Ontario to see if we can help out at all. And then 
they asked us if we wanted to work at a long-term care facility, and I was like, eh, I don't think that's a good idea. And then I felt really guilty, but then I thought to myself, oh, Paul's grandmother's 100 years old. I have asthma. Is this really a wise decision for us to be doing this? Yeah. But I felt this guilt because I feel like I should be doing something. Yeah, I so, know. I was talking to a friend today it. who's been, um, he's sewing masks, and him and a friend are working together and they've raised something like $12,000 that they're planning to donate to different hospitals around the city. Oh, that's amazing. And so they're yeah. sewing. So anyway, he, well, he has to because he can't do anything. Well, yeah, he works in the he's, hospitality he's, he's industry. He's a mixologist. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> but he had said to me, you know, do you and do you and Mark and the kids, do you guys need any masks? Because I'm sewing. And I said, well, how much are you selling the masks for? Because I'm obviously happy to support. And he yeah. said, um, anything. You know, the cost for me to make them is so low and I'm just trying to whatever you want to donate, donate. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I just thought like, you know, there are people who are doing some really great things to try to help other people. And mm -hmm. even if it's something, you know, like I'm not I, I'm not going to say that I'm doing anything fantastic. I haven't raised tens of thousands of dollars for people. But even just those days where I feel like maybe I need to help other people, just calling people, yeah. making sure they're OK. Can I get you anything? Um, yeah, just checking on people because there's, there's a lot of people who are just so sad and lonely and struggling right yeah. now. And also, too, like, you know, we don't have kids, but also the fact that you guys are parents and now you have you have two small kids, like never underestimate the importance of raising children. Like that's a, a massive task. And now you're spending way more time with your kids than you normally would. And now you can, you know, enjoy that time. I mean, I'm sure it's very challenging <laughs> as well. But, you know, you're going to tell you something. I, ne I never I never recognized how fucking loud they are. They're just so in normal oh, conversation. I have two nieces and they speak like 11 out of 10 like yeah. all day. I don't know why. I don't I'm like, is your fucking it. volume button fucking They're broken? So like, what's going on here? <laughs> Inside voice, girl. Inside Do we need to get your hearing checked? Like, I don't. <laughs> I actually did. I think Mark. I don't know if he remembers this, but uh, in January of this year, I actually took our oldest daughter. She just to get a hearing you. test because, yeah, it turns out she's just ignoring me. But I actually took her to get a hearing <laughs> test because, on top of the fact that I can say something to her seventeen times and she doesn't respond to me, I'll tell you why she yells. She yells all the time. I'll tell you why she doesn't hear you when you talk because she's so used to tuning out other voices like her little sister that no matter who's talking to her at that moment she's like oh, yeah she's she's really good at tuning us mm -hmm. out but i i started to say this earlier actually and i just thought of it again when you were talking about the kids um i really try to take their feelings and you know make sure that they're doing okay like they're they're both so happy and it, it doesn't seem to have really affected them at this point i know a lot of other moms who are saying their kids are really feeling anxious or they're getting sad or you know they just don't understand like why can't i go visit my grandma parents or you know why can't yeah. I go to school our kids thus far have been okay um, but our oldest actually is in school and so all parents are expected to do some form of homeschooling right now now granted that's going to look different depending on if you're an essential worker or if you're working from home if you're a single parent and I don't think the teachers yeah. have super high expectations but you know there's supposed to be some sort of learning going on at home right so yeah. every week uh, her teachers put up assignments for the week. You can complete all or none or some or whatever, but there's assignments up on their Google Classroom every week and there's a place to upload their work. And so 
pretty much every Monday, I look at what the assignments are for the week and I try to figure out which ones can her little sister do with her, you know, the ones that are Mm -hmm. a little bit easier, um, the ones that are a little more advanced, I save for nap time and her and I will do them while her sister sleeps. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we just try to, I try to space them out. So this morning we were supposed to do some work and I think it was about 10 o'clock this morning, I was just finishing my coffee and I said to her, okay, are you ready to brush our teeth and get dressed and start homeschooling. And she's like, I don't really feel like it. And I was (laughs) like, okay, okay. So let's not do it right now. And so I just let them go play. And in about an hour, she came to me and she's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm like, okay, then let's do it. You know, I'm trying not to really force anything on them. On one hand, I think schedules and routines are a great thing. Any of my friends listening to this probably think I'm so full of shit right now because I'm such a schedule person. But Mm -hmm. at this particular time, I don't think they're that important. I think if she's not in the mood, why am I going to force this on her right now? Like they're dealing with enough. The attention's not going to be there either if she doesn't want to. Yeah. So they played for an extra hour. I think that's a very wise decision. Yeah. Mark's shaking his head and I'm not really sure why. Well, then, then you waited a few, you waited an hour and you got the job done. Right? So it, it worked out. You don't have to answer this if you guys don't want to, but I'm, uh, I kind of want you to. That's why I'm going to ask you. Okay. Uh, now that with the, with funneling money into it this whole time and not being able to work and you guys closed, like I said, a, a lot earlier than a lot of other people did. Did it, uh-huh. did, did that dig into the pocketbook at home or did that really just only affect the business side of stuff or did it now have to really change what you guys are doing at home and watching the money differently? For me, it, I dug into my pocketbook a little bit because we had people who had purchased gift certificates and we closed and they hadn't used their gift certificates. So I made the decision right. to pay them back out of my personal bank account which was, you know, probably about $1,200. And I just thought that I had to do that because I felt bad if I didn't pay them back, even though, you know, we had zero income for the business. But I was like, I just have to do that. But in general, like, I mean, obviously, we purchased business with our own money. So it's taken the hit. But in terms of affecting, like, I guess, our day to day spending and stuff, yeah, we're being a little more conscious about it but i mean in terms of like our own i guess personal um savings and that sort of thing it's um you're still in a good spot yeah still in a good spot good to hear. um paul you want to chime in a little bit on that yeah well we're we're pretty careful with our money i mean you know we, we don't spend our money on lots of frivolous things we're not big shoppers um we prefer to spend our money on travel if we can and then you know uh, yeah, we won't be traveling for a while now. We're supposed to go to Europe in June, but that's not going to happen. So yeah, so we we try to be careful, um, and you know, like doing things like eating at home all the time instead of we don't even do takeout anymore or anything like that. Make, What's the blue making blue? your own but, bread? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you got to economize where you can. And I mean, I think about the lives that my uh, my parents and my grandparents had. I mean, they had some pretty tough times, especially my grandparents living through the war. I mean, they literally didn't know which, when their next meal was coming from. So I, uh, I, like, you know, we're talking before, I consider myself blessed, you know, so we have options. Yeah, I've noticed, although I'm making zero dollars, like we have no income right now, I'm not spending anything yeah, other exactly. than other than weekly groceries. Like we're not mm-hmm. spending any money. I think I filled up my gas tank like it, it lasted something like three weeks and Mark just filled <laughs> up my tank, I think a couple days ago when he took my car out. That'll probably last me until the end of May. Like I'm not going yeah. anywhere other than the grocery store. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I spent before and then I'm like oh 
Maybe I better put a bit more of a rain on that when we get back into working again. <laughs> I know this is such a lesson for me because I really didn't yeah. think that I was frivolous before. I actually don't yeah. think that I was that frivolous before, but you don't realize how much some of these things add up, you know, even just mm-hmm. going out to eat once a week, it seems like, okay, exactly. it's only once a week, but that adds up over a month. And yeah, um, does, yeah. all of the kids activities. I mean, I always knew that was a, a big oh, yeah. chunk of my monthly budget. But since mm-hmm. all of their activities have been halted. Oh, my goodness. I think that's $700 a month I was spending on kids yeah. stuff is the reverse for me. I realize I don't spend anything on anything. <laughs> I really don't like this is nothing's changed in terms of that for me at all. Well, what about weed? Uh, Well, you're still buying that. (laughs) That hasn't changed. It's the same. (laughs) I am buying more wine. I I mean, I I say this and like, I, you know, I'm not trying to be offensive to anyone who struggled with addiction or whatever. I'm not, you know, drinking from morning till night. But being that I know that every day is Groundhog Day, I would say almost every night, not quite every night, but almost every night, I have at least a glass of wine. Yeah, no, I've totally been drinking more for sure. Yeah, yeah, there would be sometimes before that I wouldn't drink for weeks. I think I even said that on the podcast one time, like, oh, I know I joke about drinking a lot, but sometimes I don't drink for like three weeks at a time. Yeah, since the lockdown has started, I would say almost every night I have at least one glass of wine. So that's why now Mark went out and bought me eight liters of wine today. So we're good That's for awesome. a little while. <laughs> That's awesome. What kind of wine do you drink? Do you like red or white or are we like Merlot? What do you like? I'm drinking a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon right now. Oh, that's my choice too. Yeah. Like oh, that. see, I knew I liked you. Yeah. LCBO's got a lot of specials on, I noticed right now. So Yeah, well, Mark's been the one going out and doing the the LCBO runs, really just for him yeah. to go somewhere because I do the grocery shopping. That's a control thing for me. I like to see the food because I'm the one that does the cooking. So mm. I go and do the groceries once a week and he has nowhere to go. So he will go out and buy me wine. Well, yeah. I did go for a rip on my bike, like you said the other day. I went for a rip down the DVP and whoa, that was kind of trippy, you know? Oh, it was rush yeah. hour, but there was no rush hour. Exactly. And then I and went that's for a really nice drive too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. When it's not a lot of traffic. Yeah. And then I, then I went across Richmond and I was like, this is just so creepy. It's like yeah. no one was driving around the odd yeah. person walking around a lot of runners, but yeah. um, I don't know, man. I was, it was just really, really trippy to me. I don't know if I'd want to do that again. Cause it just didn't feel, didn't feel right. No, See, that's what I mean you know, when I say it doesn't feel right. I'm out enjoying my motorcycle a little bit. And some dude is like, I don't know how I'm going to yeah, fucking have dinner. Yeah, but you can. But you can. Set, you Enjoy it while you can. Yeah, you're doing it for them too, right? Because how would they would want to be doing that. You know what I mean? So you're just enjoying your life. And I say enjoy it and don't feel guilty about it because they would be doing the same thing if they weren't you know, in their position. Well, so. in all honesty, there's always people that are worse off with you. Again, COVID aside, mm-hmm. I've said this again on episodes before, how this world is just fucked up. And yeah. there's, okay. I mean, there's no debating the fact that there's billionaires and then there are people who literally live in a, a ditch in mud. Yeah. So to feel guilty about having some sort of security and having a home and having food to me doesn't make any sense because it's not helping anybody. It's only draining you and bringing you into a worse space. So enjoy your motorcycle while we still can, because I mean, if this continues on, you might have to sell that thing. No, man. man. 
we will do something else other than so. He's going to make me sell my engagement ring before we sell the motorcycle. Well, yeah, you, got, <laughs> you have a mo- you have a motorcycle on your finger. Oh. <laughs> I do get the weird. I do get that weirdness though. That feeling of you know it just feels uneasy because I think it was the second week we were on Bloor West and we were walking and I just started crying and Paul's like, "What's the matter?" I'm like, "This just feels so weird." Like usually this time of day on this day there would be so many people out, all the stores would be opening, it would be bustling, and it's not. And there's like all these windows had signs in them that were closed, and it just felt really like not good so i get i get that i totally do but i think it is only temporary i really do we will it will get better you just have to ride it out life will resume it may not look the way that it did before but life will resume in some fashion after this and when you say it won't look like it did before what do you mean by that what is going to what do you think might look different so this is the thing is i'm not sure i'm just not i'm not banking on going back to I'm putting in quotes normal or what I knew is normal. Like, are we talking? There's going to be a new normal. We, so I think. So, what I'm what I'm what I'm asking then? Are we talking about human behavior? Are we talking about government policy? Like, what do you what are you saying when things are not going to be back to normal? Check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Like, government policy will change. I mean, the, the nanosecond some sort of weird virus emerges somewhere. Oh, for sure. All the flights are going to be shut down instantly. Things are going to be different after this. Better, worse, I don't know. But I'm going to quote the I don't know if you guys heard we did an episode um, called uh, Conspiracy Theory, You Be the Judge. And it was with a friend of mine who is really heavily into this idea that um, there are there are greater things going on in the world and that's why this is all happening. So she Uh she talked about all of her different theories. whether I agree or not doesn't matter. But one thing I do agree with with her is that humans are resourceful. And I feel like we'll somehow figure out a new way of life and a new normal well, that's, after that's all of what, this. That's what I mean when I was asking if it's people that change or if it's like policy that changes. So like, for example, 9-11, after 9-11, there was yeah. like, there was like this, this, this... I don't know how to say how how do I want to describe what I'm trying to say. Do you know what I'm trying to say? She's staring at me like I have no idea. Paranoia. You haven't said anything. Yes, there was like okay, there was this idea in their head that something bad might happen. There was paranoia, but then there was also like this national unity in the United States, and you know Ah, that 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 fizzled away, you know, Mm -hmm. and then everything went back to normal pre nine eleven. But things, but things like security and all that policy shit, right? The policy stuff stayed, and that became normal. Will people be different? Now you're starting to sound like the conspiracy theorists well, I, and I'm not <laughs> what's going to happen with government control after that and i don't have a problem with the conspiracy theorists yeah. because it allow it, it makes you look at things from a different point of view you can you can listen to what someone's saying and not and you know take it in and you don't have to own it as your own but i'm going to listen mm-hmm. to everything that everyone's got to say because there might be something in there in any of it yeah you got to have a dialogue and get people to keep thinking because who would have thought yes. like say 50 years ago did anybody ever commit a suicide bombing nobody exactly nobody would even consider the possibility that someone would do it and now these people are doing it 
every every freaking week it happens somewhere. I'm so happy you said that because like not to put the suicide, but you know what I mean. Like I'm I'm happy that you brought up the idea that people just need to be mindful and understand a little bit more or question a little bit more, right? And I mm-hmm. do this I do this as a as a test every once in a while. Like I'll throw something in a Facebook group just to see what people have to say about stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, like today I threw into an RMTAO group. Uh, the RMTAO group, an article that I saw, I think it was on CTV something, something, something that came out on oh, Friday. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, right? Talking about how the... Uh, um, Personal health information is going to be shared with law enforcement. Well, names, yeah. names, addresses, and stuff of people that have tested positive, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, so many people jumped in were like, like, that's wrong, that's wrong. Or so many people jumped in like, that's, I agree with that 100%. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, well, whether you agree or don't agree, like, let's just t- stop and take take a look. I don't because I don't yeah. know if this is a normal thing that happens, like mm-hmm. when 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 there's a major emergency in states of emergency, if this is normal procedure. So I actually have mm-hmm. a buddy of mine who's a he's a PhD, uh, he's a criminology professor, he studied policing, he he he's at the University of Ottawa. We're going to have him on the podcast to talk about some of the stuff, like the increased power that the police now have to issue tickets to people, right? And mm-hmm. that can only come from these emergency state situations, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. or or passing out that personal information about people that have tested positive to things like the police and is mm-hmm. you know how is this being used and how is it not being used so when yeah. I, when I'm, I throw those things because I got chewed when well, I didn't get chewed but some people are like this is why this is not the platform to put this on or something like this and I was like uh, well of course it, it is it totally is I anyway. totally think it is and it just makes yeah. you you should stop and think why are you just blindly just doing whatever someone's telling you to do without questioning it and it killed me because yeah. I was talking to a man about this earlier today RMT's made the biggest stink in the world uh, in Ontario yeah. about signing for consent treatment of sensitive areas, right? The yeah. CMTO says to do this tiny little thing that doesn't really make a difference yeah. in anything and they kick, up, they kick up a storm. They they, they they deliberate on it. They think about it so hard but then, yeah. you know what, I'm not, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be doing what we're doing in terms of locking down, but, you know, the government yeah. will say, "Go, you're non-essential, you can't work, stay home, you can't make a living anymore and no one even thinks twice about that? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying yeah, yeah. that no, it's right, it's wrong, I'm saying just think about things a little bit more. Just yeah, don't no, just accept sure. it blindly. Well, like Paul said, yeah, there needs no, to be sure. a dialogue. We need to at least discuss things, not just well, this is the way it is and the end. It's like I have like a, a he's not a, he's not really a friend of mine, friend of mine, but there's a dude I know on Facebook, and I used to be his personal trainer, stuff like that. And he's a hardcore like he's one of those hardcore conspiracy government conspiracy trying to control you. You know, he mm-hmm. was part of organizing a protest that happened in Queens Park on on Saturday, right? And yeah. I don't buy into half the stuff he says or more than half the stuff he says but it's interesting as fuck and it makes you think about things yeah definitely you have to think for sure you have to be able to think for yourself you don't want to follow things blindly but i mean i appreciated that you posted that because it did you know even though i don't have a problem with the police knowing who's covid and who isn't if it's going to help them enforce it but you always have to think as well too that you just have to think about it. Yeah, you have to think exactly. about it. It's like, I don't okay, understand. Because it's a new situation, right? And right. there's always going to be somebody who abuses their power. Exactly. We know that, right? So that's another reason why I have to think about it. That was it. exactly my point. It's like, maybe 
a lot of us don't understand why that would happen or why that power is given to the police or why that information is given to frontline workers like that. Maybe we don't know. And there's someone else yeah. that does know, which some mm-hmm. people chimed in and gave some information that I would have never known. I would have never yeah, known yeah, exactly. that that that, uh, that police officers only get two masks per day and stuff like that. Like, I would have never yeah. known that shit, right? So. Yeah, it might be about protecting them as well, right? Because they have families at home. Yeah, exactly. So. I want to ask Paul a question. You mentioned the Great Depression earlier, and I know it was quite a while back, but I didn't want to interrupt conversation. Did you ever think in your entire lifetime that you would live through something like this? Yeah, absolutely not. You know, because I thought that, foolishly, of course, that um, the government here, the banking system, the health system, everything would be able to mitigate any event like this. You know, it's like, oh, in the old days, they didn't know this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, we've known. I mean, they've known that this poss- this could happen already for, for, for years, right? And, um, well, here we are. Yeah, every once in a while, I feel like I have to, like, pinch myself. I'm like, is this really happening? Is this my real life? Are we actually, yeah. like, living through a global pandemic? Am I actually sitting at home living off of government money yes. and not knowing how long this is going like, to 20 is- years from now you're going to be sitting around somewhere with me drinking wine saying remember back when in 2020 yeah. why do I sound so old in 20 years remember I'm not going to be that old you're going to be that old in 20 years I'm not going to be that old in 20 years <laughs> I, I remember my grandmother telling me about how when she lived in Dubno in Poland, which is now part of Ukraine, in the late 30s, early 40s, and her brother lived around the corner from her because she still lived at home. And then he had gotten married and moved out and lived in the house around the corner. And this was really during the German occupation. So after 1930, September of 39. And she remembers going, yeah, we hardly had any food to eat. We wanted to go out and get food or I wanted to go visit my brother. I had to go outside and hug the walls of the buildings. Because the German soldiers sometimes would just take pot shots at, at the populace just for fun. Holy shit. You know, just, just oh, for God, their own yeah, amusement. The oh, yeah, hey, there's a pro-life there. Let's, let's shoot them, right? The story she has are unbelievable. So it's with her, within her lifetime, this crazy stuff, this crazy shit has happened. So you know what? It happened before. It can happen again. We can have crazy times happen. And I'm just glad there's nobody taking shots at me. So <laughs> It is just so crazy to me because... I mean, and not so much anymore, but when I was younger, my dad is a news junkie. If you go to my parents' house at any time of the day, I guarantee you like some sort of news broadcast is on, whether he's watching CP24 or CNN or he's listening to the Same news. Same as my radio, grandmother. That's all he does. So he, I- He still does it. Yeah. So I grew up with always like a 24-hour news cycle. So it's not just now that I have an iPhone, I can do that. It was my entire life. There was always news everywhere. I always knew what was going on in the world. It was sort of an addiction. And Mm -hmm. I think that kind of desensitizes you, you know, like watching war-torn countries and watching, as I said, there's people living in mud and ditches. There's people, you know, there's refugees that are trying to just get a better life and escape like something we could never even imagine. And yet I see this and I know what's happening in the world, but there's always this, it will never happen to me. Nothing like this Mm -hmm. could ever happen to me. Nothing bad is ever going to happen here. Like we, I get, I mean, I get... It's, Surprise. It's, yeah, it's this these <laughs> these first world mentalities, right? Like, you know, we've got 
this healthcare system that's kick ass and our economy is okay. And, you know, we, the big banks and everything, you know, the government, everything is good and it'll bail us out and we're fine and nothing could, bad could ever happen. So even when yeah. this all started, I was so naive and so like, yeah, okay, whatever. I remember saying to a friend, I'm like, oh, whatever, coronavirus. Like, do we even ever hear about Ebola anymore? Whatever. This is not a big deal. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. I was so like, this will never really affect us. And then as yeah. all of these lockdowns started to happen, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. is this actually happening? Like, is this yeah. actually happening in my lifetime? What? I think it's also a protective mechanism, too, when we start to kind of be like, oh, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's also kind of like a protective mechanism because we are scared. We don't want it to happen either, right? Yeah. So, well, Mark's know. brought up a couple times, like, the fact that when this all did start, we all thought, okay, you know, we have to close up for two weeks and then everything will be back to normal. You know, the schools were saying we're going to close for two weeks after March break. And it really sounded like, okay, just in case there were people traveling. Mm -hmm. After hearing that... um, and then, you know, it's, it was sort of like, okay, we're, you know, we're going to extend the closures another two weeks. Another, and now we're at the point where all of us kind of know that we don't know when the end point is going to be. So he had asked the yeah. question on one episode, would you have rather know right away that this could be going on for months and months and months? Or do you prefer to take it in these two to four week increments? You know what? I, I, as a business owner, I would want to know bang off right away, right? Yeah. As a as yeah, just as a, a human owner, yeah. fucking being, <laughs> I maybe I'd want it in chunks. I don't know. What I was saying initially, my response was going to be no. I would have rather known so that you know we could prepare. But then I said to Mark, there was no other way to do it because had you told the entire world, mm -hmm. there's this you know pandemic and things are happening and we don't know what's going on and we know nothing about this and we don't know how long this is going to last. You think we had panic with people thinking you know we might, we might have to be in isolation for a couple of weeks could you imagine mm. if people thought that they were going to have to do this for months on end there would have yeah. been so much chaos oh for sure but it gives yeah. you opportunity to plan too right so mm -hmm. i mean i would have i would close the clinic right away <laughs> well that's mm -hmm. what mark said as a business owner it definitely mm -hmm. would have been it would be helpful to know how long we're going to be out of business. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. some people, some people thought it was going to last a long time because they were buying out all flipping toilet paper. <laughs> I can't with some the toilet were paper. Expecting the worst. I can't. God. But one thing I was, I was thinking too, because Paul's grandmother just had her birthday on April 5th. So she was born in 1920. And oh my so she God. She's a hundred. Yeah. I know you said yeah, that, but I just have to repeat yeah, it. Oh my lived, God. I know. So she, narrowly escaped death a few times and she was shot at and was under German occupation and then Soviet occupation and just had, you know, some horrible experiences. Her and friend got she, blown up by a bomb. Yeah. Fuck. And uh so we um I know then they moved to Canada. So she she had it rough for many, many years and um and now she turned a hundred and I said to Paul I mean, I would be pissed if I was her because now she's a hundred and she's like, I freaking survived the Second World War. I went through all this shit and now I I can't spend my hundredth birthday like, you know, celebrating, living it up because there's a goddamn pandemic going on. Like, I know. I'm so mad. I know. There's so many instances like that. Like, I've got a couple of friends who, you know, just had babies this year and it's like, okay, I'm a new mom and nobody can meet my baby. Or there's people yeah. who are pregnant and are now going to have to deliver their babies by themselves. Oh, yeah. Or your family so members pass. I was just about to say, I have a friend whose yeah. grandmother, or sorry, mother, not grandmother, whose mother just passed away from cancer, oh. not from COVID. Um, 
a few days ago. And so they can't actually have a funeral for her. Um, mm. I, another uh, horrible former client of mine, I reached out to her to see if she would come on the podcast. And I haven't seen her in years. But I sent her an email because she is an expert in something. And I sent her an email to see if she'd want to come on the podcast to discuss. And I just got an email back from her about an hour before we started recording saying I'm going to have to pass my mother in law just died of COVID. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a new it's, yeah, yeah it's hard time. Well, is there anything else that we want to talk to Melissa and Paul about? What do you think Tom Selleck is doing right now? <laughs> Tom Selleck. I know it's pretty is... random, but I've been watching a lot of Magnum, the new one and the nah, old one. Tom so. Selleck is sitting at home like everybody else, probably with a beer, a glass of wine. I'm He's picturing... joining a fifty-year-old Scotch or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing. I'm picturing he's wearing one of those Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just because I'm thinking of Magnum PI. Yeah. I wasted, guy, why mess with a good thing? And that guy with the mustache, his his butler, Higgins, whoever it is. Yeah. Yeah, he he's he's around some he's around him too. He's, I really uh, hope he's yeah. wearing the like seventies short shorts. Oh, Why yeah. would you hope Those for are that? Amazing, <laughs> because they're amazing. Paul yeah. just said it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Tom Selleck's an older man now. I don't know if I want to see the older <laughs> hey, man. Hey, some people get better with age. I bet you Tom Selleck is still good looking. No, no? he looks horrible. Does now. he? I don't know. I haven't I seen know. him. Because isn't he on? There's a like a cop show no, Blue blood. yes and he, oh, i don't watch that he's all puffy faced and stuff you know Aww. yeah i know that's what happens that's what happens when you get old your face gets puffy yeah well why I, does that happen i don't know man like it's like <laughs> i don't know if you guys are into music at all like jimmy page like from uh led zeppelin same thing what happened to him and his face just puffed out I don't know what the fuck uh, no. <laughs> maybe that's plastic surgery gone all the collagen's wrong. gone and it's not holding things together anymore <laughs> well, look at mickey rourke right look at all the work oh. he had done oh. Oh. Yeah. i didn't recognize Horrible. him i saw the the poster or something for nine and a half weeks or whatever. I was like, that's Mickey Borg? I think that people who get I mean to each their own you want to improve your your face you want to do so if it's going to make you happy go ahead and do it but really consider how much work you're getting done to your face because some people who have had so much work done their noses and the fillers and then they end up just actually looking scary to me like some of these oh, celebrities yeah, no, who have do. done a ton of work I'm like oh, oh your face horrible. scares it's like, me I tried for two and I'm, 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 I'm embarrassed to admit this I tried to watch the reboot of 90210 and <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't get past the first 10 minutes because everyone's faces just look so fucking weird to me. Oh, no. They all had work done, eh? Uh, I think so. Or injections of some kind. I used to watch that. Well, everybody who listens knows that I'm a huge fan of Friends. And um, I'm so happy that Courtney Cox reversed some of her work because she started to look yeah. scary. She started to look scary. Yeah, That's what did. I mean. Like, your face now yeah. is something that will haunt my children's dreams. Like, you're scaring yeah. me. And <laughs> no, I mean, was. Courtney Cox, young Courtney Cox was gorgeous. And I'm sure she was aging just fine. But there's so yeah. much pressure to look a certain yeah. way and she just went so overboard she was terrified. If you were friends with her would yeah. you tell her? Would you be like yo you gotta slow this fucking thing down? I absolutely would but I've been told by some of my friends that I should stop being so blunt sometimes. Mm. I appreciate bluntness just because I'm like well you know it's like if you have a booger in your nose and somebody's like hey there's booger in your exactly. nose. Exactly. You have spinach in your teeth like I'd rather or my shoes stink or I kind of stink at B.O. Like I'd rather somebody be like <laughs> exactly. yo Exactly. See I have, just, I like, have tact. It, and I'd appreciate 
I'd appreciate it. Exactly. Spend the whole night at the party grossing everybody out, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am 100% on your team, Melissa. I have tact. Like, I'm not going to say something that's just mean and hurtful for no reason. But yeah, if somebody has something in their teeth, they'd be like, dude, you got spinach in your teeth. Like, fix that up. You you look gross. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, you know, you're plucking your eyebrows too thin or you're you're getting too much Botox. Like, I'd want somebody to be like, listen, you just need to calm down. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I appreciate that. I want a friend to be a friend and tell me if I'm doing something stupid. And it's funny yeah. because, like I said, there's a difference between um, like having no tact and just, you know, being honest. So when I went shopping for my wedding dress, I brought all of my bridesmaids and they're all like very good friends. And most of them would probably tell me the truth. And I set ground rules before we went in. I said, if I look, if the if the cut of the dress is unflattering on me, if I don't look good, if you know, if something just isn't right, tell me. I said, if you don't like the material, you don't like the color, it's not your style, shut up, it's not your wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'm, the, I'm the worst for stuff like that because I truly don't care. So like, if you come to me like, does this outfit look good? I'd be like, do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Then I'd be like, cool. Because at the end of the day, if you want to walk around look like a clown, that's up to you, not me, right? By I'm- the way, he has said those exact <laughs> words to me before. <laughs> It doesn't bother me. If you like it, go for it. Right? I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah. But I'm also the guy that if you got green shit in your teeth, I probably won't tell you just because no, I would feel uncomfortable. never tell people. No, 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 no. Let the next person do it. No, that's not nice. Like, Melissa, you got, you got a booger in your nose. You want someone to tell you you have a booger in your or nose. We all accept that we just get boogers in our nose and we never make a big deal out of it. Huh? No, <laughs> no, you're no, su- here, no support on that one. Eh? How did four massage therapists end up talking about boogers? Because I don't want to talk know. about if fascial tissue can be stretched or not. All right. Yeah. I don't want to talk about posture not being related to pain. <laughs> but your trigger yeah. points exist. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> one thing I can tell people, though, uh, people who are contemplating closing their business, get a good accountant. Yes. So make sure that you don't pay any taxes for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Did you guys end up selling off everything? Because I, I saw that you guys were selling off. A bunch yeah, of we ended up selling a lot of stuff. And um, yep, that went to pay off my credit card. Amazing. <laughs> If I had an if I had an income right now, I might inquire because I've been really looking to buy a hydraulic table, but you know, not yeah, working. Yeah. Those are among the first things that went. I was very yeah. Impressed. It was the first things that went. Yeah. Nice RMTs that are rolling in dough. Yeah. No, yeah. not really. <laughs> well, you know what? I will tell you something. Is uh, we noticed is um, a lot of um, RMTs that were coming in to buy things from us. Um, it was an RMT who was not really stressing out about their situation because their partner was a firefighter or Mm. was an insurance or had like a really well high paying job. And like you mentioned before, uh, I can't remember it was Mark or Amanda said they had a friend that was just like, well, I might not just work now. And I feel like these people wouldn't have to work if they didn't have to. And they were okay coming in and buying things because they were like, Oh, well, whenever I can get back to work, I can back can get back to work. Whereas yeah. other people are like, I don't want to buy something if I don't know if I'll be able to go back to work or not. You know what I mean? So And look at and look at us for look at us for dum dums that married someone in yeah, our yeah, own I profession. Know. That's what I said to Paul. I'm like, <laughs> I really shouldn't have married you. That really wasn't a smart <laughs> Where do your staff fit into that? Are are your staff more of like, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm in an okay spot, or or more of them like, yeah. actually, most of our staff are. Some of them are still living at home. Um, a few of them are single, 
And then others have only a couple that have significant others. Most of them were single, eh, Paul? Yeah, I think most of them. Yeah, there's a few yeah. of them there, but most of them are single or, or living at home and, you know. Yeah, they so yeah. they're they're fine. Yeah, most of them. you know, obviously we felt horrible that we had to lay them off, but they're all excellent therapists. And I I do hope that they find work once we are allowed to go back to work again. They'll all get great uh, jobs. Yeah, they're yeah. all very good. Yeah, yeah. We had a really good team. That's just, that's yeah. one of the things that makes me so angry and sad is that we had such a good team. It's taken so long for Melissa to assemble this team. And, you know, they're all a joy to work with. And yeah, that was that. I would say definitely that was the hardest part. And that's the thing that kind of still ping, pangs at my, I don't know, even know if that's a word that makes my heart hurt every time I think about this is just kind of taking this, our whole family, um, and just kind of breaking them up in that. Oh, it really makes me really, really sad. Do you guys still get mad <sighs> about that or mad about any of this at all? Or is the, the anger gone now? Um, I, 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 the anger for me is gone. Sometimes I get into these sort of, um, moods where I, I'm like, way away, life is unfair. Cause it is. Uh, um, and, um, I don't know, Mark, that's a tough question. <laughs> Every now and then I still get angry. Um, yeah. you know, because you spent all this time and all this money. Oh my God, the amount of money we're, we're going to lose on this is yeah. You know, epic. Yeah. And, you, you you put so much work into it. I mean, for the first four years after my ex and I broke up, I had a clinic with her. And so I spent like I worked seven days a week for almost four years yeah. just to try and build up everything again so I could restart. And uh, and now it's gone again. Like, it's like, ah, so frustrating, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, after a while, you I've adopted the pragmatic approach and I uh, say, look, there's no point in getting angry anymore. Every now and then it does bother you. But, uh, you know, you just got to. What do they say? What's that saying? It's not your fault for falling down. It's only your fault for not getting up, right? Yeah, so. yeah, I'm with you. The yeah. pragmatic approach is the only way right now. And the only thing you can control is how you react to the situation. There's a lot of factors yeah. that are really out of our control. And it's, as I said, when I get up every day and I figure out how am I feeling today, it's to try to make a plan of how I'm going to approach the day because yeah. – I have no control over what's going on outside and with the virus and with the lockdown, but mm -hmm. I can control how I react to things. I can control how I interact with my family. I can control, you know, what we do here at home. So yeah. I check in. How am I feeling today? Am I feeling like being uber productive? Okay, then that's what I'll do. Yeah, no, I'd say the only thing that's left for me is is hurt uh, because I just, I said, I said, breaking up the family and also just because... Like, I worked hard, but, like, Paul is the hardest working person I know. And so to see him upset as well, and it that's been the hardest for me as well. So it just, it still hurts. And yeah. um, Thanks, we'll son. get, it, it, you're welcome. It'll, you know, we'll get over this um, in terms of, like, you know, one day we'll look back and be like, oh, that was really shitty, but we got through it. But there's still hurt there. Um, just just little bits of sadness that will creep up here and there. Um, but I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Do you think it would hurt the same if it was because you just you guys just managed the business poorly and you went under? Like, is it a different type of hurt? Yeah, it it would actually. I funny you should ask because I had said that to Paul. I said, listen, if it was to happen, like we did a shitty job managing the business and we fucked up, and that's why we lost the business, I would feel way way worse i would be it would be like i would be so hard on myself you know if i messed it up 
I feel way, way worse. Yeah. So there's some sort of relief that uh, knowing that it's beyond our control. Yeah. There's a lot of relief, actually, especially if you're a person who tends to, uh, you know, go inward with your emotions or blame yourself. Uh, then, yeah, that it would be horrible. But, yeah, it would be way worse if it was because I had fucked up somehow or for sure yeah definitely. for sure anyway i feel like we should probably wrap this up because we've kept you guys on the phone for quite a long time oh, that's fine it's been a Beautiful. pleasure to speak with you guys it really has you and i'm too. glad you reached out to speak with us and um i'm really happy that i met you guys and you you know it's been great to speak with you and i mean i'm sure i'll see you again in the future and i look forward to the the course i guess because we'll be doing that virtual course for sure yeah. and um if you ever sport a uniform in durham and you happen to pull me over please just let me go oh no <laughs> Yeah, if I'm ever ripping around in Durham, just ignore the the vertically mounted plates. I've gotten a ticket for that. Stop stop giving yourself away. Um, Well, I'm glad that you guys made the decision you did. I mean, I know it was not an easy one and I know you're still sad, but I think ultimately you probably made the right decision. And if that's what your gut is telling you, I think that's what you need to do. So the people that are still holding on, they're holding on for a reason. The people that are choosing to you know, give up their space. They're doing that for a reason. And at the end of this, yeah. we will all figure out what our new normal is going to be. So I'm trying not to be so stressed right now. Let's just figure it out. Yeah. And we don't recommend that other people close down as well. We recommend that you do what works for you because everybody's in this different situation, you know, economically, uh, you know, in uh, other, you know, emotionally, mentally, you, you'll you know, your gut will tell you what you need to do. Um, this is what was right for us. Yeah, some people will, you know, have a different financial situation and they'll, yeah, okay, I can hold out. But uh, for us, it wasn't the path. But like Melissa says, uh, we don't recommend either hanging on or closing. You got to do what's right for you in your situation. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out so late on a, what day are we today? We're Tuesday? No idea. I have no yeah. idea. All right. Tuesday it is. We, we have such a busy day tomorrow. I don't, you know. <laughs> right on. Thanks. This has been fun, guys. <laughs> yeah, it has. Thank you. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace.